Hi everyone, I hope you're all good. In this episode, I talked to one of my regular guests about managing both his own business and being an employee for another business. We talk about the highs and lows, the wants of quitting, and any advice he'd give to anyone thinking about giving up their passion project. But first, let's get to know him a little better. So Nathan, one thing that people said to me in the past when they gave me feedback about my episodes was we want to get to know your guests a bit more. And you've been quite a frequent guest. So just going to do a little icebreaker for the people out there. So it's up to you whether you want to give me your full government name, but we'll start with that. What's your name, please? My my full government name is Nathan Markel McKenzie. Okay, age? Markel with a Q. Um, Age is 37. Relationship status? Single, ready to mingle. Your sexual orientation, so you're straight, yeah? That Indian here. Okay. And are you looking for a partner at this point in time? <laughs> what kind of question is this? I'm out here. I'm out here. I'm out here. But I'm focusing on me, so whatever comes, comes. Okay. What do you do? So I work for Apple part-time as a technical expert. I'm also a graphic designer, brand specialist, brand consultant for two pencils on a pad. Been running my own business for about six years. Got a team of 13 designers, social media experts, web designers, um, illustrators, motion graphics, you name it, we do it, anything creative. And um, also run my own events company called Colors Events, which uh, emphasizes diversity in music and, and people. So I bring like a cocktail of sounds underneath one roof. And so what's the end goal for you? So I don't want to ask like, where do you see yourself in five years? But just what's the end goal with everything that you're doing right now? The end goal is to leave a legacy and also to uh, inspire minds. I think inspiring minds is probably what I want to do is ignite minds. And like I watched an old uh, interview with Tupac Shakur. And he said, like, we're here to ignite minds, like have conversations that inspire you and change people's views and perspectives. So I'm very open minded. So the end goal is to ignite and inspire people to challenge themselves to do things and like chase their dreams. And that's the end goal. People will go, what? But that is it. Because if I die tomorrow, I'll be happy. And I think I've already done that. Mm-hmm. So that is what I wanted to achieve. Anything else after that, me having like a, a business that is known throughout Europe or global will be a bonus. Same with my events company. And anything else after that will be bonus. But yeah, my main thing is to look my kids and children in the eyes and say, chase your dreams. And they can't turn around and say, you know, you haven't, you know, so mm-hmm. that's it. Even if I win or fail, I can say to my children, chase your dreams, go after them. Mm-hmm. And I can help them and support them on the way, even if I win or fail. So that is the dream. Nice. Okay. So what's your pet peeve in women? This, I didn't even expect this. Pet peeve. Mm, uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've not really thought about this. On, I can never sat down going, what do I really... I think sometimes when women, and I've, this has happened to me a lot, but they're not emotionally available, mm-hmm. but they're out there dating. I'm like, just don't date, just stay home. Like, don't get involved until you're ready. Don't use a guy to get another, over another guy. Not that's happened, but mm-hmm. emotionally, they're just still coming out of a relationship or still have feelings or they're not even ready to even open up. So probably that's that other than that. Yeah, really. But what I if... Really, but what if them dating at that point is so to help them get to that place where they are ready? 
because don't if they just me. sit there and like, <laughs> just say don't date me <laughs> <laughs> okay cool so you said pet peeve in a woman what's your pet peeve in a friend this is i can only speak this from my own perspective where i am and the place i am in my life right now i'm a business owner many of my friends aren't mm. and some of them are some of them aren't but all i ask is to have an open mind uh, in a friendship and that's all i ask have an open mind and show like if you're going to be my friend or you're in my circle i will support you and in vice versa it can't be one way it has to be like back and forth um both ways so that's all i would that's all i request and have um trust understanding and you're just open-minded that's all i really have an understanding yeah i support you you support me i'm there for you i'm there for you that's that's all i ask mm-hmm. that's it okay cool now i'm not gonna ask that okay and now Go on, go on. No, no, no. Reload the thing. Just gonna say, okay. Favorite foods. So, if a girl was trying to get her, like, win you, mm. what's the what's the thing that you know if she cooked for you is gonna bang? Oh, that is good. That's a good question. What? So she's uh, she's invited me over to hers and she's yeah, gonna cook some yeah. food. Uh, I like something with a spice. So maybe I say a curry, but not necessarily a curry, but it could be anything with like flavor and spice. So I eat Mexican. I like obviously my own heritage, Jamaican food, South American food. I like Asian food. I like anything really. I'm quite easygoing, but as long as it's got like, obviously I like, uh, I like really unhealthy stuff like fried chicken and mac and cheese mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's what gets like, ooh, mm-hmm. like I love that. Obviously that's me. Like, anything like that, like jerk chicken with like a uh, sweet potato mash or like, uh, planting all that i'm gassed already so that probably stuff really but anything else i'm i'm down if she's cooked it i'm taking the time to as long as there's flavor to it i'm good like it's not it's more about the effort and the time if you're a good cook you're a good cook if you're not you're not but i always appreciate the effort i'm all right in the kitchen i was so gonna I ask just, I, just, I was just about to say all these requests I, can, i'm you're all right? right i'm all right i can hold my own that like, there's there's i can i'm really honest i can women have given me good feedback so it's not like I'm dead. I can hold my own. I can do my thing, literally. Okay. I can cook. And lastly, quick fire round, yeah? Rice or potato? Yeah. For what? Rice? Pizza or pasta? Oh, um, pasta. Rum or vodka? Rum, damn question. Feet or hands? <laughs> Just feet or hands. Doesn't have to be yours or hers. Hands, 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 hands. And, or shea butter or coconut oil? Coconut oil. What are, um, shea butter. Okay. Cool. So now we've got to know Nathan a bit better. We're going to delve into his work, his working lifestyle. So one of the things that you mentioned is that you've had your own business for six years mm-hmm. and you've got 13 employees yeah. and it's called Two Pencils and a Pad. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So first of all, before we get into it, what what's the company about? What do you do? Oh, what do I do? So, all right. so um, the company is about branding. Branding on a larger scale is how the brand how a business or company or service looks and feels so let's do something very obvious so for instance mcdonald's there's no one in the world doesn't know mcdonald's the way you so mcdonald's has red and yellow uh colors each time you see them it sends emotional emotional message to you so the first time you ever saw that was probably as a kid so each time you see that there's an emotional connection with that so when they do an advert and you see the red and yellow you connect with it straight away that's the look and feel there's obviously a logo. There's also a, like a slogan they use, even down to the person who does the advert. He's an English guy. That sounds like the guy that probably works on a on a building site or something. So it's relatable. 
all of that we create. So we go into that detail. So I do consultations with clients who have a business or a service. We create branding for that. So down to the colors, to the logo, to the typeface, to the fonts, to how it sounds, how it feels, social media content, website, motion graphics. Motion graphics, we're talking about Netflix. So Netflix, you know, when you watch the intro to it, anything on Netflix, it goes that little animated. That's a motion graphics called an ident. Um, BBC One and Two used to do it a lot before any show. I don't know if they still do it now. I've barely watched um, BBC. But like those kind of things we do. And um, we create, yeah, I said we create websites. So it's a branding agency. And there's loads of like, there's illustrators on there, web designers, user interface, um, which is app design. I mean, quite a few. So that's what we've been doing. We do it for about six years. And it's all about customer journey. The reason why okay. it's called Two Pencils and a Pad is because the founders are from a traditional art background. We're both fine artists. So the pencil and the pad is probably the, the most traditional way to design or start anything creative. If it's a fine art painting or it's a, a car design, CAD drawing, pencil is first. Interior design, pencil is first. So no matter what you do, you have to start with a pencil. There's two of us and we've got one pad. So we work off the same canvas at once. So it's always innovation. So it's always brand new. So each designer you get, they always, they're not always in the same pairs. So you might get me and someone else, me and someone else, or two different designers, and they always have different ways of working and different styles. So you always get something slightly different. So it's never something generic that you'd get from something, I don't know, like People Per Hour or something you would find on, I don't know, whatever those websites are, Fiverr, et cetera. Okay. And so like... For doing it for six years, would you say you are happy with where you are at right now? Yeah, I would say I'm extremely happy. Um, um, we've had some, like, we've done some, uh, we had our, like, last year we had, uh, we, we uh, worked with a company in Taiwan and we created some billboards for, um, for recycling and they said, oh, the amount of stuff that we don't recycle could fill, I can't remember how many numbers it is, now Duke's going to kill me, but I think it was, like, 48 Wembley stadiums about like how bad we are with recycling so we created some billboards on it um and we had them all around london last year we also collaborated with like uh monzo um mm. regarding black history month so we created the new icon the culture app for that and we also collaborated with apple regarding the black unity band for black history month and we've done quite a few things and i'm extremely happy for where we stand now i'm really really happy and uh yeah we're going forward with it like it's, it's, a, it's a great position to be in. I think this year is probably pivotal for us, so I can't really complain. I feel like the reason why I wanted to bring talk about this topic is, especially now, people are trying to maximise their profits, you know, like never before. There's people who have lost their jobs mm. like during the pandemic, and there's people who want to start business ventures, but they're too scared to do it. Mm. Like They're too scared to, to have that responsibility to actually say, look, I want to do this they're too worried about failing mm. so they don't start in the first instance mm. so for people who are looking to start their own side hustle or their own little I want to say little project for now mm. for it to be a bigger thing in the future like what advice could you give to people who are too scared to start something you got to kind of like if you're too scared to start something you gotta ask yourself why is that because it's outside your comfort zone and if it is outside your comfort zone, that's where the money is. And that, I say where the money is, but that's where the leverage. Growth. Comes from. Yeah, growth, the growth and the leverage comes from. Honestly and truthfully, that's where it all comes from. And I can't em emphasize that enough. So if you're too scared to start, start something, the only way you're going to get this to be become successful, and I speak to the team and my business partner about this each and every time, you've got to step out of your comfort zone. You've got to take the risk. The person takes the biggest risk and wins. 
it reaps the rewards, right? So you think, oh, that person who's got that house and that car didn't take any risks or didn't like put hard work in or didn't focus or didn't discipline or didn't sacrifice anything, you're wrong. You know, they did that. They did it behind closed doors. You just didn't see it. All you're seeing is the end result. And that's where it comes from. So if you're scared to start that side hustle, I read a book, I think it's, um, I always say this, um, Think Rich, Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I said, if you truly want something, you'll go after it. You'll really go after it. And then people go, oh, you know, that's obvious, isn't it? Well, I was like, when you think about it, it's true. Because there's, I think it says it in the book, it says, oh, like, imagine there's a guy in a bar, he sees a beautiful woman. He might, one of those, one guy will just look at that woman and won't say anything. Yeah. Another guy will hesitate, maybe try and think about going to approach the woman. Yeah. And then the other guy will approach the woman. Yeah. And when you approach that woman, because he's so scared, he doesn't know what's he might get rejected because he's putting himself out there. That's outside your comfort zone. So that's mm. the risk taken. Then you win. If you get her number or whatever happens, you have a buzz for it because you took a risk and then you've won. So then you that whatever you feel after that is gonna you're gonna seek that more. So you're gonna re, you're gonna probably increase the stakes. So you're not gonna just go for the woman now, you're gonna go for the job, you're gonna go for the holiday, you're gonna go for the traveling, you're gonna go for everything. So you're gonna challenge yourself. And you're going to keep on going for that. It's going to become a hunger and a thirst for you. And then you change your whole lifestyle because before you wasn't the risk taker. Before you used to live mm. in your comfort zone. Now, every time you go outside your comfort zone, you either, you've lost a few times, but you see that you've won more times. Then you think about mm-hmm. how much time you didn't take the opportunities and you get angry with yourself and it creates more motivation for you to change yourself more, to do more things outside of your comfort zone. So that's why I would say that's, yeah that book there you know what it's it's so funny that you said that because as soon as before you even said that I was like if people put the same amount of effort that they put in when they're trying to like get with someone they'd be quite successful (laughs) the lengths that people go to to impress people yeah it's like if you just put that into your work effort like it would make such a difference but I know it's not always that easy sometimes you want to you want something but there's other factors so for you personally for someone who has like I don't want to call it a side hustle because essentially it's not a hustle anymore. It's two jobs, mm. right? You've got your, your self-employed mm. in some regard, mm. and then you work for an employer mm. in, in the other regard. Like how do you, how do you balance doing that? And what impact does it have on your like mental health? Oh, this is good. You know, this is good. Um, the way I balance it is I have set days to do things. So before out for years, and this is, I'll be very honest with anyone that's listening before, I'm a hard worker, yeah? So imagine like I'm just digging holes, like not rock caring, just running through the months. So I got used to get to every year, I'll get to October and I'll hit a wall. And what was funny, I'm quite close to my grandmother. And every October, my grandma would go, I ain't seen you in two, three months. Because I would usually see her in the summer. But when it got to October, she ain't seen you a couple of months. And she'll know, she'll be like, you've been sick, haven't you? I'll be like, yeah. Every year, so I'm not even going to say what she says, but um, it's just bare cussing. But um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I was like, yeah. And then I had to, you know what? It got to a point where I got so, I was so like, I was in bed for a week because I was just working hard. I had to actually put a structure in place where I don't work Sundays. Wednesday, middle of the week is my day. So I can do whatever I want. And that's a reflection day. Also, it's a restructure day. So doesn't matter, depending on how the business is going, can I have a look at what I'm going to have to improve the business or change the week or influence the team? So I have a time to like, Obviously, you work hard, but you've got to have a time where you reflect. Wednesday is my reflection day. Personal, mentally, business, 
always. And then after Wednesday, I go back into it Thursday, Friday again, maybe Saturday. And I set that up as my week. And people are like, one day a week. I'm like, yeah, I only need one day a week, but I'll have holidays and stuff set up. So I'll always make sure that I take enough breaks to rejuvenate for the next coming month. So every quarter, I plan out when I'm going to take time off and plan it in. Mm. So I know, so I know Jan to April isn't that busy, but I know the summer can be extremely busy. And I know the last quarter of the year, last quarter of the year is extremely busy for us because that's when people start to think, actually, maybe, or even just towards the end of like September, August. So it's all about just understanding how like you as a person, what you can take. And mentally, I meditate and um, I run as well a lot. And people, well, everyone runs. But I run, when I run, I meditate too. Even today, I couldn't, I ran for like, I think it was, I think around 25 minutes. And I heard a woman go, oh, you've reached 5K. And I was like, oh, I could run another 5K. But I wasn't thinking about how far I was running. I was going through what I needed to do for the week or the month and what was going to happen in the future. I was just mm-hmm. thinking about it and I was just running. So it's just about understanding what's good for you and what works for you. Some people might go to the gym and bench press. Some people might do a hit workout. Some people might just want to chill downtime, read a book. Some people might just want to, it's what you got to find that for you, that release and that time to reflect because the calm is always great. With obviously like there's a lot going on in my head as a creative, but at the same time, you've got to understand what works for you each and every time in terms of rejuvenating and like set calming your storm because it's stressful like when you push yourself to the limit like I've got to open up two different doors when I go to my day job and then my creative jobs they're two different entities so sometimes I've got to think oh yeah but it's still kind of aligned in terms of customer facing customer mm-hmm. journey but they don't one's technical and one's creative so yeah yeah like have you ever been in a situation where you've had a really bad day working for apple not okay let's not say apple let's just say your employer because obviously you've worked in other roles yeah. whilst you was doing two pencils right mm. and have you ever just been like do you know what i don't want to do this today or have you ever wanted to give up like two pencils at mm. any point what would you say to people who they have got something going like something maybe small maybe quite large but you know they know they're like you know what i just want to give up it's too much mm. i was who was i saying this to I was saying this to someone the other day because this has been po- like put to me a few times. And I was like, um, if you're going to start a side hustle or a business or an idea, you got to start it for passion and passion only. You can't just see, oh, there's a gap in the market. I'm going to exploit it. Because what will happen is when you have those dark days and when you have a bad day, you're going to probably may give up. But the reason why you won't give up is because if you're passionate about this, and it's always been a lifelong dream, then that mm. will get you'll get through it because what will happen is in that dark tunnel or that dark place, you'll think, why did I start? Because the, always the question is, remember why you started. It's always there. And why did I start? And then you remember and you go, let's go again. Because you mm. could go around the corner. You could literally go around the corner. Like I say around the corner. You never know what's around the corner and you could be, it could change your world. Like tomorrow you could wake up open up your email and that client you met or that person you met or that pitch you did a year ago, that client's come back and gone, you know what, Mr. McKenzie, we want to have you, uh, we want to speak to you on a Zoom or we want to bring you into the office today to talk about A, B and C. You're like, what? And then before you go into the meeting, they're taking you up on the idea. They want to work with you or collaborate. So all those seeds you dropped and you thought, oh, there's no growth. They're starting to grow. And then the next thing you know, you come out the meeting, then something else happens. You're like, what? Then all of your whole world changes because you just kept on going. So you just got to make sure you're consistent on those and stay with it because the consistency breeds, breeds success. 
you know mm-hmm. you know it's, it breeds it and each and every time you just got to be consistent if you're not consistent then you, it's not going to come if you're inconsistent it's going to take longer to achieve those goals yeah I'm shaking my head because I think I said this on my last episode is like one thing I've always learned about the podcast is consistency like being consistent and making sure that you keep it you know you keep consistent stuff was happening in my life where I didn't have the urge to be consistent I could have been more proactive in recording like episodes ahead of time but I wasn't you know I work I said it before I work quite a demanding job so to have the energy to do this is after work is because I want to do it Mm. and because you know, I've had great feedback in terms of how the podcast is helping people. Mm. And that's why I started it was to help people wasn't to gain anything other than this, you know, I love to chat. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I like to help people. So why not have a platform where you can do that. So I get consistent consistency completely. But one thing I was going to ask you, and if you don't mind sharing, is you haven't always worked while you've done two pencils, have you? You've had some moments where two pencils is always is is what you were doing, right? Uh, good memory. Yeah. How did you work through that where there wasn't like a consistent income and maybe feeling like you're doing the same thing every day, but you're not seeing the impact? Obviously, it's hard now because you've seen where those struggles have got you today in terms of the big things that you've done, like you've just mentioned. Mm. But those days where it was like, you know, if you didn't have a consistent income that allowed you to pay your bills, allow you to eat the way that you wanted to eat, like what happened in those times and how did you keep going? Ah, you know what? This is like grit, blood, sweat and tears, what you're going to touch on here. And um, I don't even know where to start on this. So let me just give you a little inkling of how this all came about. I quit my job at the age of 30. I was a store manager in a shoe store. I quit my job. I left. I had no plan. All I knew is that I couldn't do this anymore because I said my children, I, I can't, I, I haven't got children, but I said my children can't look to their dad and he's just a store manager. That's that's not good enough. So I said, no, nah, even if I'm area manager, I don't care. That's not good enough. That's not inspiring them to, to achieve what they want to achieve. So I left. And then I walked in. Um, my dad helped me get some work experience. Um, for like a, a graphic design company I did it for like eight months and then I came out of it and I, after that that was giving me a bit of money but I came out of that and we parted on good terms and then um, I found myself literally like in no man's land with nothing like I didn't have any job like I didn't have anything at all coming in and um, I was very anxious at the time I just started thinking of creating the company and I didn't know what to do. So what I was doing, I was reading. And you know what I'd done? I moved back to my mum's place because I couldn't afford to like take the risk of not having any money. So I moved back to my mum's place. Mm-hmm. And even that, even that, I couldn't give her any money. And it was like mm-hmm. demoralizing. Pride was involved. It was, uh, you know, it was, I'll be real. I had, sometimes I didn't even have five pounds in my account. I couldn't even get, mm-hmm. I couldn't even like, there was times where I had to go to do a job so I used to be like, I'll be honest, I was, uh, I used to, because I wanted to design all day, I didn't want anything to interrupt that. I was doing night work and I was a cleaner. Check this. Mm-hmm. This is about hard work. So I was cleaning. So I'd start work at like 9 p.m. or even earlier than that, 6, 7 p.m. in the evening and work till probably midnight, get home about two o'clock in the morning and then start my designs when I woke up and then do the same thing. But it wasn't paying mm-hmm. me a lot. 
but it was demoralizing and it was hard, but you stuck to it because I said, I've got to make this work. So I just made sure I kept on perfecting my portfolio over the time. And then within time, and you know what, an opportunity came up to work for another company, which we've spoken about already. And I thought that would work and balance with me. So regarding all of this, I had a lot of support with my, with my ex-girlfriend. She helped me loads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She helped me loads. And she made, she made me believe as well when I didn't believe I could even go forth. So I had support from that. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't really have much support from my family. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. My mum and my dad would kill me for saying it. But I, they would, they, I'll be honest, I didn't. But I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care what you say um, right now. I just want to do this for me because if I don't do this for me, then you're not, you're not living my life. You're not waking up as me. I want to wake up in the morning and be happy. But that mm-hmm. time from when I left my job, yeah, I was the happiest man in my life. From when I left my job to where I am now, it's been the happiest point in my life. So I said I start living when I was thirty. You know me. I've been, I've been, I've been a different guy from thirty to thirty-seven. Mm. The guy that this, I don't, I look because I used to look into myself in the mirror from like thirty downwards, and I was like, this guy. I didn't know him, but the thirty to thirty-seven, I know the guy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I looked in the mirror and I was proud and happy. I remember to socializing, and I was ashamed to say where I worked. Not about the cleaning, but when I was a store manager, I was ashamed of it. Mm. truly ashamed and um I really thought basically that um that was going to be probably the the pivotal point of me was when I was very happy to explain what I did for a living mm-hmm. and that made me shine and that got me through everything so even when I was a cleaner people used to go to me when I go out for a drink if I could afford it I'd be like what do you do I'd be like yes this mm-hmm. is my time I'm a graphic designer oh really yeah yeah I got this company called two pencils and a pad two pencils I love the name mate and then before that, that would that would give me enough to keep on going time mm. at some, that time at time. So yeah, that's where I am at with it. No, but I think it's important because I think, especially now with social media, like everyone just wants to get rich and get rich quick. You know, everyone just wants to do things quickly and mm. not necessarily put the work in. And because people don't talk about the downfalls. When people get to that point, they think they're failing. I bet you there's many a people who got to that point that you're 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 referring to and they were like you know what I'm just going to go and do a nine to five or whatever shift they do just because it brings the money in and that's what they need so two things I just wanted to say on what you said first of all you're not shaming being a store manager it just wasn't for you yeah it wasn't Uh for you because there's some people like I remember when I worked in New Look back in the day before office um Mm. my store manager she used to kill it she was in her bag when she did that job. Like she was, she could just slap together outfits. She would go and do other stores and she loved it. Like, and mm. that was her in her bag. She was happy to talk down to the world and say, look, this is what I do. I'm good at it and whatever. So mm. I think your point is that's not what you wanted to do. You didn't get any f- fulfillment out of it. Mm. You, you've done it and now you wanted to move on. But there's not everyone who's willing to take that risk because I'm one of those people. I cannot, yeah. I've worked since I was 16. I can't imagine not having a steady income. I can't oh. imagine it. And because of that, I probably haven't taken or done some of the things I wanted to do earlier. Like earlier, if mm-hmm. I had started doing this pod, like podcast back in the day when I wanted to do something like this, mm-hmm. maybe I, this would be a different, different stage for me, but everyone has different journeys and, everyone's journey is different so I think it's important because people don't see no one talks about like no one posts on Instagram like oh I don't have five pounds in my bank account today 
you know everyone's posting when they've got you know 500 pounds in their bank account but Mm. not five less than five pounds is my point so I think Mm. it's really important to touch on the areas where there has been a struggle but you've come at the other end of it like you've done successful things now things that you're proud of things that you're willing to share things that are making it to the shade room do you know what I mean like (laughs) 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 you know like there's there's a lot in there and I think that's where the merit comes from it's like for me as well do you know what freaks me out about what you do so in my current job I recruit people I help recruit people for the company yeah but you actually like have to find your employees you know keep them happy do you pay them do they are they paid yeah okay yeah. sorry just had to check I didn't know, I didn't know if they just get, no but I had to check if they get paid on their work like do they get paid on the no they get paid on their work they get paid on their work yeah but not for their their time if something falls through right no, they get paid. There's like there's things in place. Okay, okay. So like I wouldn't. Don't, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, don't say too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you know, all of that, like paying people directly. I can't. My my head doesn't go past that point because I've never done it for myself. I've only ever done it for a company or a business, and they deal with all the logistics in the back, the contract, the money, all of that. Yeah, yeah. So like, how do you how do you keep people like motivated to work for your business? Oh yeah, you know what? That's probably that's my key strength. Um, I think I'm a, a born leader, and um, I'm good with people. I'm good at just talking with people and like building rapport. I like to like have an understanding of what makes someone tick. So I I do it in every place I go, any workplace. You know me, like um, in any workplace or even in within the retail sector. I used to do it in other stores. I wouldn't even work in another shop, but um. If I was working in one shop, the next door, they would know me. Across the road, they would know me. And that was like that. And so whenever I created my own team, I know everyone individually. Like I try to build up a relationship with them so they can come and approach me each and every time. Mm. So if they're unhappy, they will let me know. And I can also sense when they're unhappy. If they need time off, I can give them. If they need to do this, I can help them. Mm. So it's always like a personal like mentor as well at the same time. Mm. I think I've got those qualities to mentor. I'm actually doing mentoring as we speak. This like, I just started like last month. Oh, nice. so, so that's probably one of the things. And I give, I'm, I'm all about self-development. It's huge for me. Developing people, giving people the time and the platform for them to um, reach their goals and achieve what they want to do in terms of like, if it's just design, creativity, or personal stuff they want to do, you know, like, I don't know, public speaking or presenting or, anything like that I try and help them each time even if it, even if I don't think I'm the best person mm. I try and give them my wisdom my insight or give them the right direction for them to actually achieve what they want to achieve mm. so yeah managing a team I love it but it's challenging at times because the, the hardest part yeah when you are uh, onboarding is having an understanding of who because you see do like a some people do interviews I don't really like interviews um, when I'm hiring so I do a chat I do a nice little chat. So I just do an informal chat. We talk. I talk about what they like, where they're from, what they like to eat, what music they listen to. And that gives me more of an insight to who they are so I can adapt and have an understanding to them. So that probably the challenging part is understanding them at the start. But it only takes me probably about four weeks to like two months to have an understanding of the character. Mm. And then once I know the character, I'm good. I can just make sure they're cool and then just touch base with them. You know, like, like imagine if your manager touched base with you, like, I don't know how often they do, but like I touch base a lot. Like I'll go, how are you doing today? How's things going? 
just because people do that to me I'm like oh <laughs> I'm all right you know like how you doing thanks I'm for like, asking like, cool. yeah some people don't ask that they just go oh have you done it yeah like, yeah it's true want. it's really true and another yeah. thing that you touched on actually that I want to go back to was like I understood what you meant when you said that your parents didn't really support you because from their perspective they want the best for you and then from their perspective they want you to get out, get the hell out of their house you know um and from their perspective sorry it's just you know what are you doing that shows continual income that you're financially stable that you know what you're doing did you ever find that when you were d- did you date like in those periods where it was a tough time financially like you said you had you were with um your ex-girlfriend at the time um, about to say the name. About to say the name. Bloody <laughs> hell, Christina, Jesus. Um, but like, were you always in a relationship in that period? Building the business. No, I was first. You know what? This is the deal. I started the business. This woman came into my life. I said no. Mm-hmm. She said yes. I said excuse me. She said, <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said I'm going to be broke. I'm trying to do this thing. But you told her though. You told yeah, her. Yeah, I said I'm going to be broke. I'm not going to. I'm trying to get this business, and I have an idea for something. I really want to invest in me. I have no time for any woman right now. She said okay, but I think I need to be part of this. I said what? I said no. Nah, go away. So I literally, <laughs> I literally said to stay away from me. I, I got to do this, and then I think for about a month. I was watching her, you know, and you know what? I, this is this is not. I'm not dissing any woman, um, but she. I just watched her, and she was adding to my life, and I was like, adding to my like what I was doing. I was like, what? Because like she's helping me without even like I'm, she's reading my mind. I was like, huh? I said, this is. I think she needs to be. I need. I think this needs to happen. And as it got further down the line, I think four months in, I was like. Oh, okay, there's no way I can get out of this. Like she's changing me. She's changing, she's elevating me every time I'm with her. And she's making mm-hmm. me think about things. And she's also helping me believe in her faith. So within that, it just went off. And then I think you broke up, but obviously I just still continued with the business regardless. But yeah, I was always with her at the bit like at the beginning. Mm. I also started another business while I was with her as well. Like I started colors events while I was mm. with her. And then she was she always it. support it? Yeah, I was going to say, was she always Very, very extremely. She, you know, this is how supportive she was. I would come, like, after a day, hard day's work doing the cleaning crap, I'd um, I'd be designing in the morning, literally, or something, and i go, oh, I'm going to make some lunch. And then i will go away from the computer, and then I'll be making the lunch. i come back into, like, the sitting room, whatever. This girl's finishing up the design. Oh. She's finishing up the design. I used to tell my business partner... I said, does your wife do this? He was like, no. Nah. I said, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, bro. Like, and it was, it wasn't, it wasn't dead. It was sick. It was like really good. It was pretty good. And I was like, oh gosh, this is mad real. Like, I don't know what to do here. Mm. I was just grateful. I said, you know what? You're adding like, I don't know. I don't know how to repay so this. Yeah. Yeah. So much value to, I couldn't believe it. So yeah, it was like two peas in a pod. So we were, we were all good. Oh my gosh. And like, last question on this is around your friends. So were you friends before you came business partners or were you business partners turned friends? Friends before. We've been known each other since we were 16 years old. Okay. So we went to college together and we studied art together. Okay. And would you say for people who do want to go into businesses with their friends, 
without you dogging your friend out because that's not what I'm asking you to do I'm mm-hmm. just saying like what some things you should be mindful of because sometimes I think relationships depend on how how your relationship is, is with your friend difficult conversations work conversations mm-hmm. friendship conversations is it something that you have to really navigate between or yeah is, you do you're gonna yeah yeah like um you're gonna have to understand the dynamic and you also you gotta understand their working ethic as well you know like uh, I'll be very like open and blank about it when I um when I started the colors events thing um we all like we've all separated there's only just me now running mm. it really mm. but I didn't understand when I started it I didn't understand how the others worked in it at all I didn't know because they had roles but I didn't know their work ethic and didn't know the flow and the dynamic of it and it didn't go and before it imploded before I even knew it so I was like, oh, but I had two pencils prior to that. And I understood what my business partner brought to the, the, the actual table and I understood what I did. So it was a balance. I'm the extrovert. He's the introvert. He's the process guy. I'm the, the rapport builder. So like I can do all of the consultations. I can speak to all the clients. He will do the numbers and everything else. So it works like, mm-hmm. you know, we're scales. So it's like, it's easy. It's, it's balanced in some respects, but the other, other side scenario, you kind of got to understand who you're, the person you're talking to as well. So if you have mm-hmm. difficult conversations, you've got to understand how to approach that. And that's why I said, when I'm building teams, if you know the character, you know how to approach someone about saying something, you know, mm-hmm. each and every time. And sometimes you're going to act on like uh, frustration or anger or, or even just something else, you know, like, on the mood someone might even put you in a bad mood and then someone asks you a question and you might respond badly but you got to kind of know that go and come back and say sir I shouldn't respond like that someone like you know you got to understand when you go wrong and admit when you're wrong mm-hmm. um and also reflect on that and that's why I say it's important to have those days of reflection so Wednesday I'll sit down and reflect and go and how's the two days Monday and Tuesday been so far has it been good has it been bad what was the goals this week am I about to achieve them yes or no how can we achieve them and, you know, and even if those relationships or those consultations or those conversations I've had with teams or clients, have they gone well? Do I think I'm going to win that contract or win that project? Or are they, am I going to get the best out of that designer this week? Because last week they were good, but it wasn't as good as I expected them to be. Mm-hmm. Or, and you know what I mean? So, well, this person's great, but they're not performing at that level. Why is that? So you've got to kind of understand and balance it all out. You know, it's one of those things where you just got to talk to people. And I think conversations are very important communication is a key part to success people think oh like you're just understanding but it's communicating everything you're feeling how you feel about something you could be anxious you could be frustrated you could be extremely happy or you could be like overwhelmed you just don't know Mm -hmm. you've got to ask these questions but some people just don't feel comfortable or don't want to burden you or so many other things there's so many factors in business and people's characters and dealing with people you just don't know yeah and I think with friendships as well depending on your level of friendship is also holding each other to account right mm. like I think that's the biggest one is that even it happens in the workplace as well like you get so accustomed to the way that people work and how they do things that you probably wouldn't hold them to account if they said mm. something out of place or you mm. know if they they, they missed a the deadline you'd be like oh yeah I know I know you've been going through it and it's like actually mm. we've missed this deadline and it's now cost us this so mm. I think with friendships as well, I think accountability is one of the biggest factors because you just get so used to each other. So if mm. you want to be successful, I guess that you have to be willing to have those difficult conversations and just know how to approach them, really. Yeah, I totally agree. So 
just as a wrap up in terms of this part of the episode are you one of those people who would just say to anyone who's willing or thinking about starting a new venture to just start like everyone always says just start you know some people want to perfect it before they start would you are you on the bandwagon of just put it out there okay so um one of the designers mike sofo for two pencils on a pad um, we do this other um, talk uh, podcast as well, and we were speaking about um, it's called creative po- po- like point creative point of view. So basically, what we spoke about, and this is a thing that always comes up, and some people are really like hesitant of starting. And so he said, "This is a scenario you can put yourself in." So there's two group two two groups of ten in a factory, and they've been told to make the perfect pot. Yeah, the perfect pot. So one team just starts making pots, yeah? And they've got two weeks to do it or a week to do it. They start, when you have to, two teams, yeah? One starts making pots, so they start making the pots straight away. The other one thinks about the design, how it's going to look, creating the perfect pot. After the week, after the two weeks or week it is, who do you think's got the perfect pot? The one who put it out there. The one that started, because what they did, they made pots, yeah? And they perfected it after making it. So they made it once, twice, three times, four times. So they kept on trying, because they were put, they were putting themselves out there, so they learned from their mistakes or what mm. didn't work well. So they kept on trying. The team that went and waited so long just to, before the deadline to create it, because they they analyzed everything, didn't make the perfect pot because they had no experience. They didn't have. They just did it once. The other team done it like I think fifteen times, and they created the perfect pot because they had experience of like they just went out there. So it's mm. almost like when you start a business or you have an idea, just start it. And I, and I do the same thing, and I tell the same thing to the designers. If you have an idea for a design, just start the design, just sketch it down, even if it's rubbish. Even if it's rubbish, just put it down. Then when you start that, you'll go, you'll look at it and go, actually, if I change this, then that's development. Change that. Second development. The person over there who's like, I'm actually not going to start because I want to get more research done. But if time they got the research, you've got the, the strong design. Yeah. They're like a week behind you. You're like, you're laughing. You're like, you're in a very good, you're in a stronger position. That's where it is for me. Mm. Start it. Put it on paper, get going, write it down, put it rules in motion. It's all about like, if you keep on waiting for the perfect opportunity, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. Mm. It's true. I've never heard, I've never heard anyone that says, oh, I have actually, but it's very rare for me. To, and this is, I'm not trying to really make this relatable because people will laugh, but I've never heard anyone say, oh yeah, I actually plan to have this baby. No, nine times out of 10, I wasn't expecting, but we're pregnant and we're going to have this baby now. Like, so there's never a perfect time to have a baby. You have it. That's what I've been told. I ain't a, yeah. a dad. But I've always said there's never a perfect time, but this is the time we're going to do it. So just start. Like, it's going to happen. Make it happen. It's not yeah. the same before anyone comes and starts atting me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's where I stand on it. Just start the thing because the sooner you start, the more mistakes you make, the more experience you gain, the better you'll become. Mm-hmm. And you have a clearer vision because what's in your head, to translate that into the real world is hard. Yeah. If you're a visionary, I like to put, like when I start any design, I put words down, ideas, icons, everything, and I start moving it. And if I show people the process, they're like, what is going on here? And then as soon as I get a clear image, they're like, ooh. Yeah, so they're like, oh. And I bet people have seen this on Instagram. You see someone start drawing something and you don't know what he's drawing at the start yeah. but when he, when he gets towards the end or she gets at the end you're like oh 
so you just put it down you start because if you don't start no one can see what you're doing yeah no one's gonna understand it's so true and for the people who would like to follow you and find you where can they find you aha so um you can find me uh at two pencils on a pad um instagram or my personal one is hyphen underscore nate so underscore yeah underscore underscore sorry so i don't sound score i scroll i don't know why i said underscore no it's not it's hype it's hype actually i remember guys he is 37 relationship status is single he's not looking but you know you might be the person to to get in there so thank you (laughs) thanks for tuning in guys i hope you've taken some key points from this episode if you have any questions please email fallintoconversation at gmail.com don't forget to follow the instagram page fallintoconversation to look out for upcoming episodes and useful information 